Bonjour, bonjour, and welcome to another episode of EveryoneHatesMarketers.com, the marketing podcast for marketers, founders, and tech people who are just sick of shady, aggressive marketing. I'm your host, Louis Grenier. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the importance of connecting with people and more importantly, connecting with your best prospects. And we also talk about something we've never talked on the show before, uh, which is personality marketing and even using humor in your marketing. And the reason why we're going to talk about humor quite a lot is because my guest knows a thing or two about this uh, topic. He's a recovering stand-up comedian uh, who retired in 1999, even though in 2017, so 18 years after he retired as a stand-up comedian, he tried uh, uh, again uh, and went on stage again um, for a special uh, gig. I'm sure he'll talk to us about that. But uh, four years after uh, he, he retired from stand-up comedy, he started a career in copywriting. Spent 10 years as a freelance and then created Copy Chief, which is really a way for business owners and copywriters to come together uh, to get feedback on their copy, uh, to get training, and also the opportunity to connect with each other. And my guest has also two podcasts, an interview podcast, um, The Truth About Marketing, and a teaching podcast, Copy Chief Radio. So, Kevin Rogers, I'm so happy to have you on board. Louis, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to this. Right. So, before the show, a few days ago, uh, we had decided that we'll talk about headlines and, and how to pick up headlines. And you sent me an email saying, listen... It's boring as fuck. Let's talk about something a bit, <laughs> a bit more important, which is, that's the true story, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny, man, because people think they want to know about headlines all the time in, when they think about copywriting, but I've surveyed my group about what trainings they want and they never choose headlines. Uh, it's always in there and it always gets rated really low. So that was eye opening to me, but yeah, it's, you know, look, we're always going to need headlines. There's a million resources on how to write them. I think we can, we can give better value than that here. So why do you think before going into the actual topic, but why do you think people don't really care about this, this topic? I think it's because I hope that deep down they know a headline is born from really understanding what it is you want to tell people in your ad, right? An ad is a conversation. And, and, and plus, here's the thing. I'll give, I'll give the best tip I can on headlines right now in, in a second, which is don't try to close the deal in the headline, you know? And so it, headlines are one of those things where, where, where people are are in their development and thinking about headlines is a great indication of where they are in their business and their marketing. If they think that the headline is truly, you know, 40% of the success of the ad and, and sort of that old school thinking, then they're, they're not caught up. The headline has one simple job, get the next line of copy read or get the video played or whatever it is. It's just letting people know they're in the right place and, and they invited to be part of a conversation that's important to them. Beyond that, the headline can't do anything to close the deal. Right. And I think that leads us, leads us very well to, to what we want to talk about together, isn't it? Um, yeah. The concept of connecting with people, connecting with your audience. And I think this is probably the first question I want to ask. I've, I've read, heard that sentence a million times and we have a mutual connection. Andre Chaperon, who was on this uh, podcast talking, uh, who talked about writing, you know, those amazing emails, um, 
that gets opened and all of that. So I know that when you want to talk about connecting with your audience, I know you mean it and I know you have something super interesting to share, but I've heard this concept so many times. So mm -hmm. what is different or should I say, what is more powerful about the way you like to think about it? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's intention, right? If I could say it in a word, it's intention. It's like, what do you really want from this conversation? So if we just think about attention, I, I always say the most valuable thing uh, uh, somebody can pay us upfront is not money, it's attention. It is such a rare uh, co commodity these days. It, everybody's is fragmented and, and overwhelmed. And if you do a good job of winning somebody's attention, do something valuable with it. And that's the way to kick off the relationship. So yeah, I think it's intention. And, you know, look, I, I, like you said, I love to use humor and my marketing. We're, we're working on a video now that I think is incredibly funny. But one of the things we're struggling with now that we're in, in post-production is, are we balancing what's crazy and funny about this video with the, the real message, which is how we can help the people watching it so that when they do take the action we want them to take, which is opting in for a free book, uh, are they doing it hopeful and excited for what they'll learn rather than, okay, great, you know, clickbait, you got me to click. Now what, what do you got? You know, uh, right. we want it as early as I can establish that, look, we got something important to talk about. We we're having a little fun with it, but if you, if you get what I'm saying, if you hear my dog whistle, then let's have a deeper conversation. So I, I think that would be a perfect opportunity to go, add it together and think about it in terms of step-by-step. Step. How can our listeners, uh, if you're listening to this podcast right now from your commute or walking the dog or whatever, uh, how can you apply that in your, in your business? How can you use humor and a bit of fun and out there thinking to actually create attention? So make, making sure people engage with you or think or stop by and say, okay, let me listen to that and then connect with you so that you can um, sell stuff. I suppose. So you've just said that you've done this very exercise a few, a few days ago or a few weeks ago, you started to think of how do, how do we sell this book? And you naturally went into maybe humor or something a bit more out there, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you, where do you start? What is, what is step one? If you, if you have that in mind, if you want to sell something, what is the very first step? Um, well, you start with the end in mind, right? So this is say the end is I want somebody to buy something because that's a point, I guess, of getting attention as a business owner. Uh, and, and so if we just think of the ultimate ending, and I don't want to complicate this, but I'll just talk about this funnel a little bit to give it context. Okay. Sure. All right. So my main product is a membership, an annual subscription to my community called Copy Chief. That's where I can... If, if you're willing to make that commitment to me, I know I can give you a lot of great help. So that's my goal is to get you to the point where you see uh, value in, in making this commitment. But along the way, we have to start all the way on the other end of the spectrum for what we call a cold prospect. Now, just a quick context between cold and warm. Normally, uh, in the power of podcasting alone, uh, on display here, my business, the, the reason I was able to move from a freelance career where I was, you know, 
beholden to clients to have a business to breaking through to having my own business was I wrote a book called The 60 Second Sales Hook, a very simple little tiny book um, that, you know, solves a, a big problem for people, which is how to do exactly what we're talking about. Tell their story quickly and connect deeply with their best prospects. And amazingly, that simple little concept, that simple little book, uh, and by talking about it on podcasts like yours, Louis, uh, fueled my transition built my list and created a new problem for me, which was people wanted to give me money to help them with this simple little thing, but there was no way to scale that in a way that was going to allow me to have a, a business. And so through that began the journey of me figuring out, okay, how do I teach even more stuff and what format to use and all that? And that's what copy chief is. Uh, now, um, so when I wrote the book and released the book, uh, it, I, I got to be on like every podcast. You know, I was, you know, Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas. I've been in the top 10 of Entrepreneur on Fire since my uh, interview there in June of, I want to say, 2014 or 15. Like, it's, it's ridiculous, you know. I'm good on a mic. I know how to present myself. I tell good stories. But it's because the power of this topic and, and solving this problem that created all this great, what we call warm leads. Uh, and that was it, man. Just being on podcast, you know, and, and not a ton of leads, man. And this is important because you don't need, you know, the data is important, but it's the relationships. I was getting about three to 500 consistent leads every month into my business. And just off of that book, and most people would learn about it and hear me on a podcast just like this. And so they're very warm because they've just spent, you know, 45 minutes to an hour hearing me talk all about this and, and giving them this tool that they find valuable and they naturally want to learn more from me. And from there, uh, if they were a good prospect, we would convert pretty well and people join in CopyChief. Well, now, of course, once you've achieved that, which is a great achievement in itself, you want to scale. Now you have to uh, win the cold traffic challenge which is, you know, having somebody who's never heard of you, has not listened to you on a podcast, doesn't know you from Adam, and now you entice them to go through the same process of opting in for this free book and try to get them to warm lead status from totally cold lead status, and then, you know, hopefully convert from there. It's a much different game that, that really is, you know, if we look at people like Frank Kern, who most people probably know in the marketing world, you know, he, he cites him going from doing really well and be, becoming something of a guru, uh, which was a very manufactured process for him, to his incredible level of success now to, he said, I, I, you know, I figured out the cold traffic game. And so you really have to do that to excel. And so uh, what we're experimenting with now in this video uh, let me start with what we're seeing. So people, the cold leads come in and we send them after they opt in, you know, we start the email sequence and we want to give them more and more help. We're not really pushing for the sale. We just want to indoctrinate them and help, you know, give them value, establish our value. But yeah, of course the engagement, we literally write to them and say, what business are you in? How can we help? You know, tell us more. And on the warm leads, people are like freaked out that, oh, my God, Kevin Rogers is writing to me and wants to know about my business, you know, 
<laughs> and, uh, and, and it's a great, you know, way to start a relationship. The cold leads are like, wait, who are you again? Like, I don't remember anything about some book, you know, <laughs> they're just, you know, grabbing some, the free candies on the way out of the restaurant. They don't remember the mint, you know? Oh. And so, and so, in, 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 and so now we're experimenting with, okay, how do we kick off this conversation and how do we provide value in a more interesting and dynamic way once they're in our world? And so that's the difference between cold and warm. And that's the challenge I think we all have as business owners is how do we take, how do we get beyond the people we know want what we have and try to reach a broader audience? And what does it take to establish that relationship? Right. So let's, let's drain it down to that because I think you're painting the good picture there. And I think people, thanks to your explanation, are understanding what we mean by cold versus warm, what we mean by trying to build a connection. So going back to the warm part of it, it took you a long time to go through all of those podcasts. Some of them were major hits because mm -hmm. they've been listening, uh, listened to uh, by a lot of people. Um, some of them might be smaller and therefore your one hour of involvement might not have mm -hmm. led to that many leads. But regardless, it took you months, even years, maybe to get to a stage where, well, this guy, this Kevin Rogers, I know him, I trust him. I'm kind of a warm lead, whatever he sells, I'm going to buy. Right. That takes a oh, while, doesn't it? Undoubtedly. Yeah. But I will say it was shockingly fast once the book was out because it was an interesting conversation to have for a couple of reasons. One was it solved a problem a lot of people had, which is I don't even know what to say in my marketing. I don't know how to stand out or be unique or, or, or should I even be in this thing? What story do I tell? It, it in four li short little uh, steps solved that problem. So that was a great win for any podcast audience. Um, the other thing was it was interesting because my my history is interesting. You know, not a lot of people have been stand-up comedians. And the fact that I took something I, I learned and developed as a stand-up and applied it to how any marketer could sort of by proxy become a comic <laughs> or perform, not even trying to get a laugh, but use a, a comedian's tactic to win their, to win attention and, and, you know, make a connection was a little fascinating for people. So because of those two elements, it resonated very quickly. Uh, and like I said, just between, you know, some of the bigger podcasts, I, I just saw an immediate and consistent a flow of leads from, from those episodes. So it did. And you're right. I mean, from there though, I was like, anybody who wants to, you know, record my voice, I'll talk for you, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> certainly a number of them helped me almost in no way, except that it, it kept me in the forefront in the conversation and, and people, it's really interesting, isn't it, Louis? I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but trying to gauge your impact and how well people know you and how well they don't. And, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm in this, you know, whatever a guru is or whatever, but, you know, some people know me and, and I get love letters and they, and they follow everything I do. And they're like, I've listened to every podcast episode and blah, blah, blah. And, and that's beautiful. And then there's, you know, a bigger majority of people that are like, yeah, I, I kind of know what you do. I know you're a copywriter, but what, what is copy chief? Like, what is that about? Right. And, and, and so there's, it's really fascinating to, to see what is the result of that. But um, I think 
the accumulative fact factor of being everywhere. Once you have something that resonates in, in you're getting good feedback from people that, you know, they're using your tactics and they're finding value in it. I think you should go all out at that point and just put your voice out any, in any format where right. people will have it, you know. But I think what you've developed, you, you're talking about it, you're touching, you're touching on it, but you're not talking about it in detail. And I think listeners now want to know this, okay. this, how, how did you take your experience as a stand-up comedian and how did you translate, translate that into a four-step system that enables you to connect with your audience, enables you to tell you, to tell people what you offer and yet using maybe not humor directly, but at least something that is mm -hmm. coming from this, this domain. So step by step, how, where does it start? What do you, what do you, um, encourage people to do? Yeah, sure. So when I was a stand-up comic, you know, I, I would, um, and I didn't know it at the time, but, uh, looking back through my copywriting lens, I realized that, man, there are formulas to everything, especially humor, right? Uh, you know, we, we all know that triples like saying the third thing should be the funniest thing. If you're, you know, giving examples, the first two kind of build up to the third one. And the third one is the twist that gets the laugh, uh, you know, tons and tons of formulas and comedy. However, what's interesting is if you talk to any comedian and you say, hey, I really loved your formulas, they'll cringe. <laughs> you know, yes. like they, they do, I, I hate the, the, you know, I hated the idea of being formulaic. That meant you were a hack as a comic. Right. And so it wasn't until I became a copywriter and needed these frameworks to make my work easier and faster that I appreciated them. So when I look back over stand up through my copywriter's lens, I realized that um, there is uh, this joke formula uh, that I call the persona joke formula. And it's, I, I started to notice that it's the one that comedians rely on when the stakes are high. So the stakes are never higher for a stand up comic than when they get their first national television appearance. So in the U S uh, it would be uh, you're on Fallon or you're on, uh, um, you know, um, uh, Stephen Colbert. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a national audience. And, uh, you have to quickly establish your persona and set up expectations for who you are, where you stand and why people should find you hilarious. And uh, just a little side note, this is kind of interesting insider business stuff. The reason that's so important, and here's something most people don't know is that, um, I, I have a friend who used to be the comedy booker for David Letterman and, uh, he would work with stand-ups sometimes for six months on their five-minute set that they would do on Letterman and realize that these are comics who have been at the game for probably usually at least five, if not 20 years, right? And so you would think all you got to do is book that comic and they're going to come out and kill it because they know what they're doing. Now, the reason they would work with them so closely on that five minutes is because the bigger opportunity for both parties in that five-minute set is that the audience will love the comics so much that the company behind the show would see fit to sign them to what we call a development deal. A greatest example of this is when Ray Romano did his first Letterman set. He did so well that Letterman's people, uh, Worldwide Pants, 
came to him and, and signed him to a development deal. They went on to develop the show Everybody Loves Raymond and both make, you know, a zillion dollars. And so that is really sort of the underlying goal or at least the opportunity for the, the producers of the show and the, the comedian uh, as the ultimate victory in that five minute set. Okay. Right. So and can I, can I mm -hmm. cut you there? And I know mm -hmm. where you're going to go, but I want to mm -hmm. say it because it, it's such a beautiful allegory to the business and the marketing world where you don't have five minutes to convince someone you have maybe five seconds and you, ha right. you have to pick your worlds, your battle. You need to, to pick your core idea very well and you can't say everything either. So I just want, I just mm -hmm. wanted to say that because it feels, it's, yeah. it's such a nice correlation or no, not correlation, but such a nice yeah, connection between the two worlds. Anyway, going back yeah. to, um, to your step, uh, step by step. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point. Yeah. And so, okay. So <clears throat> the persona joke formula goes like this. Here are the four parts. It is identity, um, struggle, discovery, and then surprise. So, you know, who are you? What was the situation you were in? What was the sort of element that turned the story? And then how did it end in a way that we didn't see coming and so that our gut reaction is to laugh? So an example I love to use is um, a, a comedian named uh, Karen Rontowski. The first time she was on Letterman, her opening joke was, uh, my kids were so bad in Walmart today that I pulled a fly swatter off the shelf and I smacked them with it. And the second the fly swatter hit their ass, I realized I don't have kids. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just it's so clean and quick and it, it, and it got a big laugh. And she was off and running because um, the audience knew exactly who she was. It was a relatable topic. And she she did great. Now, if we look at, her, at that joke, so simple, but it has all four parts, right? Identity is what we think is a mom at Walmart. Struggle is her kids are being assholes. Uh, we've all seen that or experienced it. Um, discovery is the fly swatter. The surprise is she's beating someone else's kids. Hilarious, right? And, and so that's it. So now, um, as a, a marketer, we change that last part. Because surprise is not the result that we want to give our audience. Um, be, we're not there to trick them into laughing. We're there to impress them with what we were able to achieve and hope that they aspire to do the same. And so we changed that last part from surprise to result. So the 60 second sales hook that marketers use is identity, struggle, discovery, result. And so a, a quick example of mine for this very thing is uh, you know, my name's Kevin Rogers and I spent years as a dead broke stand-up comedian until I discovered how a simple joke formula could be used as an irresistible sales hook and began teaching it to marketers and copywriters so that they could explode their conversion rates. If you'd like to discover this 60 second sales hook and apply it to your business, simply enter your email in the box below and I'll give you the entire formula for free on the next page. Boom. And that's it. I mean, you know, it's the exact same for identity. And my struggle, interestingly, in that is so quick. A dead broke stand-up comic is all they need to know to go, well, nobody wants that, right? <laughs> and then the, the discovery is the meat of it because that's what this is really about. And a, a, a key note in there, in your discovery, um, you want to make it feel proprietary. Name your thing. 
you know, show show your work that you you've thought about this and it's become such an uh, an entity that you've named it and people have used it. And then, you know, you give the results and um, and then the CTA, the call to action is sort of the fifth part. That's so important because once you know the ending and the action you want people to take, it's much easier to sort of write the joke. Right. And the, the beauty of what you just said there it, is that it sounds so simple and everyone is like, Dah. that sounds, that's, that's, that's just so simple. It works. People want to know more, but yet that took you at least, I mean, 10 yeah. years of a stand-up comedian. Then <laughs> right. um, I don't know how many years a stand-up comedian, actually 10 years as a copywriter. I mean, it takes a while to boil down such a, everything that you know into such a simple sentence that that sparks people curiosity right um yeah and it, it it also takes work to cut out all the fat right, right. you know that, that really is the thing it's like once you decide your story it's like how quickly can i tell this i could i could go on and on about why i struggled as a comic and uh you know look i was a good comic I, and i have to get my ego out of it and and not feel the need to qualify that, Hey, wait, you know, I did well, like people laughed. It's just that, <laughs> you know, like I, but none of that's relevant. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so a lot of it is like gut checking yourself and making your choices. And as we say in writing, sort of, you know, kill your darlings, kill your babies and get all the crap out of the way that's interrupting the story. how do you do that? Ah, uh, you just, you know, having, having other eyes really helps. <laughs> right. It's very hard to do for yourself. Again, you know, here I am, uh, 10 years in each practice, uh, in, in, you know, we're in post with this video and I've spent my entire day getting feedback from people I trust about how we can improve this thing. Is the message clear? Is it, how can we make it funnier? You know, all these things because really hard to do. And, and by the way, writing your own story is always the hardest thing you'll ever do or marketing your own self and your own product. Right. If, if you've struggled with that, you're not alone. Everybody, I struggle with that the most. Everybody does. There's just too much ego wrapped up in it. So, you know, learning to look, when you get past the ego and, and the perceptions you're afraid people will have and, and only think about the end result, it gets much easier. And then you just need trusted feedback. Right. So remind me the four, uh, the four key components, please. Uh, for the, for the marketing hook, it's identity, struggle, discovery, result. Right. So identity, struggle, discovery, result. Let's, let's take another example. Cause I think, I think listeners want to know more on how to do that themselves. Right. And I think it covers almost everything we just started to talk about, like how to connect with your audience, how to drill down to, people will actually connect with you, how to use your personality in your marketing and even humor into it. So let's take a, maybe a fictional, a fictional example would be a bit shitty because you need a real story. So I know it's going to sound mm -hmm. easy uh, to take this example, but let's take my example because I can tell you a bit of my story, a bit of the struggle I went through. And let's say, let's say we'll try to come up with a, such a statement um, for the podcast for example, right? Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. So identity. So I can tell you about, you know, the fact that, yeah, I'm a Frenchman living in Ireland, uh, but who gives a shit uh, when it comes to the podcast? Uh, I can tell you more about the fact that I struggled in my marketing and my business career. I had a business uh, 
and I went um, almost bankrupt, but especially I went, I, I burnt out to the point where mm-hmm. I had to let go uh, all of my team and I, because I just couldn't function every day in front of the screen. Uh, I was just staring at it for eight hours a day and I just couldn't do anything. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, the reason why I did all of that is because I had no credibility. So I started a business with no fucking credibility. Nobody trusted me. Nobody knew me. And I, from the top of my 25 or 26 year old at the stage, um, I, I thought that people give a shit about me. So I started this practice, marketing consulting. I knew almost nothing about consulting. I was underpaid. I burned out. Um, on the other side of it, uh, I re I started a podcast at the end of this and I really enjoyed it. And that's when I realized that connecting with people like you, basically interviewing people who were much smarter than me, not only enabled me to learn a lot from them, but also enabled me to build a credibility. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I do all of this is because in my heart, I truly despise shitty marketing and I can stand, I cannot stand people lying. Um, to one another to try to get to their ends, um, to what they want to do and fighting marketing bullshit is something I, I really enjoy. Anyway, that's, I'm trying Mm -hmm. to summarize as much as I can, but let's say, let's say we want to use this framework now. What would be in your opinion, the identity side of things? Well, let's keep going for a second. Um, because we need to know, um, what action we want people to take here. And that, and like I said, you know, when we know the ending, it's so much easier to write the story. Right. right. So, so listen to the podcast. So what, That's what listen to the podcast. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Listen is the CTA. Okay, great. Um, and then what is the result of you starting this podcast? What's, what's happened? Put, give us some context on that. The result for people listening. Um, well, we're telling your story right now. So what's been the result for you? But I got hired uh, uh, for a software company, uh, in a job that I absolutely love. Um, and I get to know a lot of people I never like dreamt of, of getting to know. Like, so Seth Godin is one of the marketer I interviewed. Um, I mean, I've many people I just was reading books about. I managed to talk to them directly. Yeah. Now he is okay, but we just want them to listen. So interesting. Um, well, think through this. We're going to get our hands dirty in it a little. So hopefully this will remain right. entertaining for the listener. Um, now, it, this is where it's interesting because we have to make choices. If this would be easier if the call to action was you want to help other people start their own podcast and do what you did to get a leg up in business. Right. Right. So that would be very congruent with why you're telling your story. Um, we can do that. As, oh, let's just do that. Let's just say that that's what you're sure. doing. You, you've now, by request, people go, Louis, how'd you do it? I wonder if I could do that. And th- so the call to action is we're going to have a download, a free download uh, called um, Authority Through Podcasting. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's just say that. Uh, okay. So I'm just going to riff this. It's going to be sloppy, but this would be like a first draft. Okay. Sure. All right. Um, hi, my name is Louis. I'm a, I'm a Frenchman currently living in Ireland and I'm the host of everybody hates marketing podcast. Uh, for years I struggled to, uh, uh, 
grow, maybe I, I back up and say, I knew from a young age that I was proudly unhirable and would spend my life as an entrepreneur. However, uh, I spent years struggling to build a business as a consultant um, and uh, ultimately, um, you know, faced, I was spending eight hours a day stuck to a computer screen until I finally burned out to the point where I was, you know, bedridden for a week straight and seriously wondering what the hell was the point of my life. I'm being dramatic, but that's, that's mm -hmm. a shitty first draft. Uh, and and, and then, then I discovered, uh, then maybe we, we transition and say, by, by sheer act of not knowing what to do next and wanting to solve my own problem, I started a podcast so that I could have an excuse to ask the people I admired most in business what they would do and share their answers with a with an audience. Um, since then, the podcast has achieved, you know, X amount of listeners um, uh, allowed me to be make great connections and even become friends with people who I previously only read about in books and also get hired by a software company that's turned out to be my dream job. Uh, if you'd like to learn how you can use uh, a simple at-home podcasting uh, setup to build your authority and transition your business and possibly your life, uh, download my free report called authority through podcasting. And I'll walk you through every step of how I did it. Nice. So there you have it. And, and, and Kevin, thank you so much for going through this exercise with me. I know it's not easy to do it on the fly like this, but I, I'd like just to briefly deconstruct what just happened there. So yes, I was open. Um, I, I discovered a few things about myself through this journey. So I was able to identify quickly enough the core turning points of of the career of my career, the bigger struggles. And I'm very transparent with that. So I would advise people listening and maybe Kevin, you, you might agree or disagree on this, but I would advise people to start with maybe mapping out their career from start to finish, mapping out their biggest victories, mm -hmm. their biggest struggles, the biggest pain points to try to identify the things that really made them shift from one thing to another. The, the thing that really made them go to a completely different direction or something that they've learned about themselves throughout the journey, right? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. So then we have that. And then we start to pinpoint maybe the biggest struggles, the biggest thing, the biggest shift, the biggest you know, point in the story that, that makes it interesting. And maybe we select two or three, right? So as I mentioned, I burnt out building my own business. Another point in my story is that um, I started a career that wasn't in marketing whatsoever. And I was super unhappy there. That might be another one. Uh, mm -hmm. And the other point was that actually from the result of burning out that I started just to interview people like this on the fly. It wasn't even a podcast, right? So maybe those yeah. are the top three. And then, mm -hmm. and then that's, you would, you probably would start to see a connection, right? So it's all about seeing an angle that you can start using part of your identity, the struggle that could connect with what you want to people to pay attention to, right? Yeah. And this is where discovery is probably the most complicated part um, because this is where you got to get a little uh, creative and not untruthful, but you've got to 
um, take some liberties and uh, really own what you discovered. So again, even if it's something that you know has been taught before, or there's other examples of, or even products around, you just need to own it, name it. So uh, I don't remember what we said exactly about discovery, but then I discovered, um, you know, through uh, that, uh, you know, by sheer not knowing what to do and being desperate for some direction, I started to reach out and interview my business heroes. Uh, and what I discovered was through doing that, a process that I now call, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, authority something or whatever, you know, borrowed, borrowed knowledge, or I don't know what it would be, but make it sound really proprietary, you know, play with words, like give it a title, right? You discovered this thing that shows that work's gone into it. That's where the authority comes from. And, and then the result that that specific discovery led you to. And what I love about this way of thinking is we are not talking about features. We are right. barely talking about benefits per se. We are at least right. not talking about product benefits, right? R right. We are touching on the customer benefits. So we are touch touching on what brings, what benefits bring this product to you as a person. But I think more even more importantly, we are climbing up the ladder to touch the emotional benefits. We are starting to touch the benefit from the feeling of being lost, no credibility, not knowing what to do next, feeling stuck. And we are selling the feeling of actually this guy felt the exact same thing that I'm feeling right now, but yes. he somehow managed to overcome it up until a point where he's, he's interviewing Seth Godin and Kevin Rogers and all of those marketers, um, that he admired. And, 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 and now he gets to talk to them every week. Right. So. Right. And, and, and I just want to, that's critical um, because this is really smart what you said. Now, this is what's interesting about this, this formula is we hear all the time uh, in marketing, don't talk about yourself, right? It's always about them and your customer's the hero. And that's true. But what, but they need some context about you. Why you? Why should I listen to you? Right. And the beauty of this simple formula is that you are telling your story, you're blatantly talking about yourself, but what your uh, audience is hearing is their story. And they're instantly connecting, like you just said, wow, I can totally relate to, to his struggle. I'm sure now that he can relate to my struggle. And here's an interesting fact of psychology. When somebody helps you uh, see your problem through a new lens, you instantly make the deduction that they are the best person to help you solve it. And that's what this formula does uh, so effectively and totally non-obviously. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, uh, so if, 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 if you're listening to this podcast and you want to know more about this ladder, uh, it's called the benefit ladder. And actually one of the, you might know him, Kevin, but I interviewed Mark Ritson recently, who's uh, at Adweek uh, or Marketing Week, if I remember well. He's Australian and he's one of those mm. brand strategists, really clever guy. And yeah, he talked to us about this 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 benefit ladder. And I really love this cool. concept because the, the the as a marketer, the point in the ladder where like the furthest you can go, the, the place where you will know you will connect deeply with people emotionally is this emotional benefit. And that takes sometimes years to get to, to the point where I understand what are the, my company's emotional benefit or the product emotional benefit. But going back to your formula, 
I think it's faster to go to the emotional benefit if you're able to understand your story and your struggles yourself. And if your selling yeah. is somehow connected to that, right? Which is why you asked me, actually, mm -hmm. it would be better if you're selling a, a, a sort of a, a book or method about switching from being stuck to launching a podcast that enables you to, to get credibility. Exactly right. Yeah, because it's congruent, right? If it's just... So listen, it's kind of like, well, you're asking me to contribute to your success by asking me to listen. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's cool and interesting. And now I have more context around you, but there's a lot of podcasts I could listen to that offer a similar benefit, right? So the, the, the CTA we came up with is much more congruent with the story you're telling. And, and there, I think there we have it when it comes to that, when it comes to creating an emotional connection with your audience, connecting with people, connecting with your best prospect, using your personality, it boils down to, to your personal story and how it deeply connects with what, what you're trying to sell. So I think I, I can take from this conversation, Kevin, that it's not always the case that you can use your own story to sell something, right? Oh man, great point. You're, you're so smart. <laughs> yeah. You really are. I mean, because that's exactly the, the, I'd say that's the number one struggle is, and I'm sure people are listening right now saying, yeah, but my story does not equate to the problem I solved with people. I've had, um, uh, uh, architects for instance, you know, I had a great architect in the UK and he said, man, I've tried so many ways to write this, but it's, I didn't have a problem with the kind of homes I build or, you know, And I said, the simple fix is you don't tell your story. You tell the story of your best customer, your best clients. And so the flip would be, you know, again, using yours loosely would be um, or a loose interpretation of it is, uh, you know, people. Uh, uh, so I'm the successful podcaster and uh, people constantly ask me, hey, Louie, how can I have a successful podcast like yours? Uh, and, uh, for the longest time, I didn't know uh, how to help them until I discovered that the key to a great podcast was X, X, and X. And I, and I created, you know, around that, I created the XXX formula that does X and there you go. And now I'm helping them. Right. Right. Exactly. So I, I'm glad you're going there because this is, this is where I wanted to go as well, which is. It's not always about you. I think what we say, I think it's easier to start with you, your own story, because you don't have to, to extract it from anywhere else. But mm -hmm. definitely as one of the best way is to, to talk to, to your best customers, as you mentioned, people who've suffered from the struggles that, uh, that you're trying to describe and who are reaching those emotional, this emotional state of, well, I'm, I'm at a much better place right now. And, Talking to them, I suppose, um, interviewing them, spending time with them and almost acting like a journalist. We, we, we talked about this quite a lot, uh, in previous episodes where you're not trying to sell anything to your customer. You're just trying mm -hmm. to listen and get them to talk about their own story. Using yeah. that in your marketing somehow will, will definitely propel it from talking about features to talking, talking about all the way to the emotional benefits. Oh yeah. That's one of my other favorite topics. Can I give you a really, a really cool Please. tip for that? Please do. Okay. So yeah, what you said, a hundred percent important. Um, especially, you know, two things. One is talk to your customers, your best customers who are thrilled to tell you all about how much they love you and your service and your product and the result they got. Also though, 
make sure you understand the language of the people who have not yet solved their problem. Get the pain, get the emotion of where they're struggling and confused and scared and lost. That's really important. Now, when you do interview your uh, best customers, here, here's a great way to do it. And you're right. It's very much like a journalist. And actually, I, I stole this from, uh, or this is this idea from a friend of mine who's a journalist. And I, I asked him, he was a reporter, a TV reporter, right? And I've always been fascinated by, man, like, what do you say to somebody who's just experienced this tragic event in their life and you want to stick a camera in their face and have them tell, talk about it? Like, why would they even want to do that right then, right? So I asked this reporter friend of mine, I said, what do you, what do you say when you knock on a family's door who's just like lost a loved one and you need to get this quote? He said, I tell them that even though they're struggling so much right now, that their story and their feelings around this will help so many people who are in or have experienced the same thing. And he said they sort of like buck up and it's, it empowers them to see the bigger purpose behind what I'm doing. And I was like, wow, that's, that makes a lot of sense. So when you do reach out to interview your best customers, empower them by reminding them that the reason you want to get their story is not so you can brag about yourself or even them. It's so that by doing so, other people who are sitting where they once were can be where they are now. And that's really powerful. And people really step up to that proposition. Right. Now, when you're doing it, here's a great little tactic. Talk to them. Use this exact same framework, by the way. Identity, struggle, discovery, result. Walk them through that and say, well, okay, we know who you are. Identity's done. What were you struggling with? What was it like using my service? And what is the result, right? That's the best story you can tell. Now, once you've gotten that done, ask them two things. One, uh, what was your rock bottom moment? What was, bring me into the exact moment when you remember feeling like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Something's got to change. Do you remember that moment? And could you explain to me where you were and what you were feeling, right? Really powerful. Mm. Uh, and, the, and the other one is, once I've said that and you know, get to that story and say, you know, uh, another one is, could you bring me into a, a, a very specific moment recently where you found yourself doing something that just wouldn't have been possible when you still had the old problem? And so that's a great one for weight loss. And they might say something like, you know, it's funny you say that because two weeks ago I was in a department store and I remember standing in the dressing room and for the first time in my life, actually feeling good about the image I saw in the mirror. And suddenly I could choose almost anything in the store I wanted. It was just, it became a matter of what can I afford rather than what will fit, right? Like the, that, that, that the kind of thing is really powerful. And so, yeah, give it that, empower them and give them very specific context and, and allow them to remember the emotions that they felt at those times and you'll get gold. Well, right. That's super, super interesting question to ask. Uh, I love that. Uh, that's super powerful. Thanks for sharing that, Kevin. And, and more importantly, thanks for going through this exercise with me on the fly because we hadn't prepared and I know it's not easy, but I think that's what, that's what makes the best conversations. Yeah. As, I'm always up for that. Oh, I know. I, I had no, um, I knew it. I knew you would be uh -huh. up for it. So I have two <laughs> questions I always ask at the end of each podcast. 
The first one, what do you think marketers should learn today that will help them in the next 10 years, 20 years, 50 years? Yeah, one thing that will never change is if they uh, commit to telling their story or the stories of their best prospects and doing it in a way that is, um, you know, sh sort of shameless in regards to uh, going deep on the struggle, because that is a huge advantage over corporations who have to vet such actions through legal teams <laughs> and other departments. You know, yes. you'll be much more nimble and much more effective when you just give yourself permission to get a little naked in front of your audience. Um, and two is uh, always start with intention. When you know what you want ultimately for your messaging and how you want people to end up where you want them to end up with you on this journey, it's, it's much easier to sort of reverse engineer how you want to have this conversation. And what are the top three resources you would recommend our listeners? So it could be anything like podcasts, books, conferences. Mm. You say top three, am I naming three? Yes. Okay. Huh? All right. Uh, I want to make this tactical and not too philosophical. Certainly, um, you know, having, having people in your world who help you having a good team that may seem obvious, but if you're, if you've never had a, a VA, a virtual assistant or an executive assistant, that's a recent, just huge life change for me. Uh, getting control of your email and your calendar. There are pros who are really good at that, who can help you, even though it feels like too personal to get help. That's a big one. Um, two is, yeah, you, you have to network live. You, you've just got to get out and press flesh and uh, look people in the eye. And one one little tip there is uh, I always, ha I have a rule when I, I hate the word networking. It just sounds so shitty, but it's really what it is. You're, you're building your network and your network is one of the most valuable things you can have. Um, but I have this rule where uh, I'm committed to having the conversation I'm having at any given time at a, at a conference. If I'm hosting it or if I'm attending, even if I can see that the person I really need to talk to, because I think the best opportunity for my business is with them sitting four seats away alone, looking bored and just dying for me to come talk to them. <laughs> if I will finish it, the conversation I'm having with somebody seemingly quote unquote, you know, less and less, let's say less significant at the moment, uh, because everything is relationships. That person you're talking to will tell 10 other people what it was like to talk to you. They may in, in a year or two become somebody much more significant to you to have the conversation you're having. I heard a great quote, about um, Bill Clinton and anybody who's effective politician. He said, he has an amazing presence because he's amazingly present, right? When, when, when he talks to you, you feel like you are literally the only person in the world, even if there's 10 people standing behind you waiting for their photo, right? right. That's important. Uh, third resource, geez, let's go with something really, I gotta say, I used to hate Basecamp. Uh, the old version mm -hmm. um, was terrible, but Basecamp, Basecamp 3 is uh, an amazing tool. Uh, people have tried to sell me on Slack is, is a, you know, but is a project management software. The new Basecamp 3 has been the lifeblood of our company for keeping everything on track and, and project management. So, And they're a great example of 
they are they are able to um to to merge their vision and their point of view with the features inside the product and it's so rare to see uh like they have this automatic out of office hours they have this yeah, way to yeah. new feature now where you can visualize your project on a very simple graph from planning to execution i mean it's just I respect them a lot. I mean, they're probably one of the best marketers out there, even if they don't call them uh, call themselves marketers. Yeah, for sure. So, Kevin, where can listeners connect with you and learn more from you? Yeah, copychief.com uh, is where you can go and get a lot of really cool content, free content, years of blog, lots of stuff about how to use story. Um, you can find the podcast there. there everything's linked at copychief.com. So come see me. Awesome. Once again, Kevin, thank you so much for spending the time uh, to do this with me today. And I learned a lot. So thank you. It's been my pleasure. I appreciate it. That's it for another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com. And this is the moment where I tell you to subscribe to our email list. So before you leave and go to another podcast or listen to another episode, I don't treat email list uh, the way people usually treat their email list. I really treat that as a, as a one-to-one conversation. So I'm going to send you very short and personal emails every two weeks, I would say. We, I'll inform you of guests in advance. I'll share with you my numbers and how many listens we get. And I'll also ask you for your feedback in terms of the questions we can ask future guests. And perhaps I can also... Uh, have you on the show uh, someday so don't be afraid to subscribe I'm not going to spam you and you can always unsubscribe for sure if you wish the second thing we need from you is your harsh and honest feedback we know that this show is not perfect yet and we always uh, can improve so you can send us your email at feedback at everyonehatesmarketers.com good or bad please feel free to send me an email and the last thing I like uh, from you is that if you did like the episode please share it to your friends your colleagues or whoever might like it and also please review it on itunes or another service that you might use to listen to your podcast because if you leave us a five-star review it means that more people will be likely to listen and we can spread the word quicker so thank you so much once again and au revoir And that's it for another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'm super, super grateful. I'd love for you to consider subscribing to my daily newsletter, Monday to Friday, called Stand the Fuck Out Daily. I send very short, hopefully interesting, surprising, shocking, entertaining content to help you stand the fuck out. It's at everyonehatesmarketers.com. You can subscribe for free and obviously unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm just going to read a couple of emails that I got recently as a reply. Juma said, your content attacks the mind primarily, which is such a good thing because most of us are skilled at what we do, but we don't have the courage to do it our way. Mark, who just subscribed a couple uh, days before, said, this is my first issue of your newsletter. Love it. Glad I subscribed. Brianna said, I just realized this morning that my email habit is now to one, skim through the list, two, select all unread industry email except yours, three, delete and don't think twice, four, quickly skim yours. 
Amy said, also loving the new content is coming from you. It feels really lovely. Candle said, I like your writing a lot. It really resonates. There's so much bullshit out there. It's good to touch the authentic. And Chloe said, where is the I fucking love this email button? Brilliant. I hope you subscribe. You'll be joining more than 14,000 subscribers at this stage, which is crazy. It's the size of a small stadium. Anyway, thank you so much. See you on the other side.